Welcome to New Work and Sustainability. My name is Nicole Helmerich. I accompany leaders and teams to connect and co-create meaningfully and to grow, bringing themselves and their business forward. I help organizations to transform in a sustainable and people-centered way. Let us think organizations as a living system. In this podcast, we'll explore cutting-edge new work practices and sustainability practices for your organization, for your team, and for you as a leader. In this episode today, we talk about Ecology Meets Liberating Structures with Jeremy Akers. What is liberating structures and how does it support new work and sustainability? What are DAOs and regenerative finance and what has this all to do with ecology? And always, this is hands-on. Let me present my guest. Jeremy lives in Amsterdam with his family. His favorite color is green and anything that sparkles. He is motivated by the availability of contact, depth of connection and sense of belonging to a community. He values curiosity, care and courage. He believes that the future of leadership looks like coaching and facilitation. His work as an agile coach foregrounds communication, coordination and collaboration. He's happiest enabling agency in assemblages towards pro-social outcomes by using interaction game design and liberating structures. Experiment-driven organizational evolution, gift economy and regeneration of human culture are also in his memeplex. Before we get started, let us first check in. Why? This helps us to get here, to get present, to get focused on what we would like to do today. Try it out with your team. Besides getting present, it is also a wonderful way to get to know each other better. We do this check-in with three hashtags today. And my three hashtags today are new work and sustainability expert, liberating structures lover, and my favorite song is Recomposed by Max Richter. Welcome Jeremy Akers to the show. What are you three hashtags today? Oh, this is interesting. So we're going to freestyle. So refi uh, for regenerative finance, um, upward spiral, and it, it definitely have to mat- I have to go roll with your punch on liberating structures. This is the way. Excellent. Perfect. So today we get together and our topic is ecology meets liberating structures. When you hear this title, what pops up for you first? Word. Um, ecology meets liberating structures. We, I, the first thing that jumps out is like the challenge of definition. Like what does this stuff actually mean? So, you know, liberating structures, what I mean when I refer to liberating structures is this particular ecology of thinking tools, these tools for shared thinking in particular, that consist of these five design elements, you know, instructions on how participation is distributed, how groups are formed, how uh, the how we follow a set of steps inside of time boxes, how we lead with invitation, and how materials and space or artifacts are used and created. Um, and the 33 particular collection of tools that we consider liberating structures. And then ecology. Ecology is, uh, to me, 
probably the less defined than liberating structures in that I think ecology is, a, is, is much more of a mode, a way of being and sort of moving through the world. So at the intersection of these things is a particular type of, of, of being a, a way of moving through the world that I think liberating structures not only embody, but also bootstraps. So I think liberating structures have this way of, of activating and enabling people to embody um, ecological thinking uh, without having to understand necessarily ecological thinking. So rather than coming at it from a propositional or theoretical or comprehensional sort of way, it's much more here, take these tools for shared thinking. And by using these tools, you will just embody uh, ecological thinking and away you go. What comes to my mind is that, um, and that's that's very much building on, on your thoughts uh, you just had, is ecology also has a lot to do with relationships. And it has a lot to do with relationships between beings, but also with relationships to, to nature. And for me, liberating structures also has loads to do with building, rebuilding, strengthening relationships. So this is also where for me, it kind of falls together that the tools of liberating structures are actually built and, and, and may help a lot, um, for, Uh, sustainability work for um, different projects when you talk ecology, for different societal projects uh, when you talk climate change and adaptation. So um, those rela this relationship building, putting this into the focus, I found, I found very interesting. Definitely. I like that. It's a great build. Thank you. And if you think about liberating structures and if you think to to the title new work and sustainability of this podcast what is liberating structure what is this um this tool is this only a tool set is this a way of being and and how does this speak to to new work shout out to nancy white i'm gonna bite her directly i've i've loved her definition from the first time i heard it is that liberating structures are tools for for shared thinking um that become a way of moving through the world right and i think like neurologically that tracks you know when human beings use tools you know if we use a hammer you know with time and fidelity and practice our, our mind our, our brain maps the hammer and makes it a, a literal extension of our model of self and so with tools for thinking that applies just as much that the the mind sort of grasps the tool and integrates it completely with the with our own being yeah that, that that's very interesting and uh, very helpful also to think about what liberating structure is and how you can get socialized in it um you talked about the 33 different um structures um if somebody has never heard about it uh, we have given some hints about this, but maybe you could say a little more words on that before we get practical and see what the practices are around this. Yeah, so I unpacked the design elements. So there's there are some biases, there's some assumptions. There's there's obviously the 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 10 principles um, that come from the practice or use of liberating structures. Uh, but there's also some underlying biases, some assumptions in this 
set of instructions for both um, how participation is distributed. There's an assumption or there's a bias that participation is distributed, that it's everywhere. There's a bias in how groups are formed, this instruction on how we form groups, that groups should be formed, yes, and they should be small, primarily, like two, three, four, five, six is a big group from my perspective in liberating structures. There is a bias that we use that we use an algorithmic sort of form of thinking that is this set of steps demarked by time boundaries. And there's also somewhat of a bias in there controversially about the, the tightness of those time boundaries. Liberating structures encourages very tight time constraints. Um, and that, that brings up a lot. It's like, oh my God, there's so much more to say. Um, and there always is. So lean into self-editing as I do as I move on to the next uh, design specification, which is invitation. The question or prompt that drives and, uh, and also offers directionality for our exchange and that 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 should we should also work from that invitation but that invitation should also be a, really a, a question that like really invites people to go in that direction but doesn't necessarily require that they do so actually we we benefit immensely from uh, heterogeneity so you know people just interpreting things wildly different ways that seems on one hand totally incoherent um, and creates that sense of enthusiasm, but on the other hand, um, gives us really, really uh, rich re-aspectualization. And then last but not least, that uh, materials and space are important. That uh, we, we uh, as humans, we need artifacts that help to organize our thinking in uh, coherent ways, and that there, that we should also emphasize creating an artifact of our thinking together. So that set of instructions has a also a set of biases, and and then also leads to a set of principles that are were sort of uh, discovered from uh, observations of practice. So. Um, liberating structures are, are tools. They are practice driven. And from that practice, principles were derived. So they went from practice to sort of the theoretical understanding of practice versus the other way around from theory to practice. And the principles that were derived from uh, observing people using liberating structures are include and unleash everyone, practice deep respect for people and local solutions, build trust as you go, learn by failing forward, Practice self-discovery within a group, amplify freedom and responsibility, emphasize possibilities, believe before you see, and invite creative destruction to enable innovation. Engage in serious, playful curiosity, and last but not least, never start without a clear purpose. So already you kind of get a feel for the vibe that these things are sort of pushing you towards. And if you think, oh, that's a good vibe in this world that is new work uh, and sustainability, then just using and practicing with liberating structures will help sort of deliver these outcomes or help you manifest these principles. I find this a, a very wonderful bridge, what you have just been talking about, the, the principles that were generated or observed from the practices How do they link to you to ecology when you think about examples and practices? Um, how does this 
go together for you? And how do you use it in your work? How do you apply it practically? Well, I think above and beyond all of the other principles, the ones that, that really that, uh, screams of ecology is the first one, including and in, in unleashing everyone. And by that everyone, what I really mean is like all of the diversity that comes with all of these different people and participants. So there is a this way of natural inclusion that Alan Rayner talks about that liberating structures sort of bring into manifestation. As you, as you mentioned earlier, ecology being really one of these relationships, like the ecological perspective includes everything by definition, everything that wants to be, that can be uh, based on the, the energy environment is, is by definition included. So like, you know, sure, beavers build dams, but that only increases the surface area of participation and uh, interaction for the water. So that's that's how I think that liberating structures generally sort of manifest in ecology. And how do I use them? I mean, a lot of my work has been in the last year in in-person events, right? So I've hosted, let's see, we did four events, and now five events with Regions Unite, and I also hosted two week-long unconferences with the Refi Spring. So Regents Unite is a is a group that sort of exists on the boundary of regeneration, and that is Web three, and the world of the uh, of what you might think of as analog regeneration, right? Whether that be regeneration of the the human spirit and helping people sort of adjust and you know resolve their trauma and you know be nicer to themselves and each other, or regeneration of our sense of community and belonging, because you know it's hard to get to know your neighbors in the modern world, especially in cities, um, or that be the regeneration of the actual you know biosphere, you know returning earth back to its natural state as the garden of eden and our role as stewards of of nature um and then there's a whole bunch of what i would describe as ridiculously nerdy stuff that is happening in web3 in the digital space that is trying to intersect with that world of on the ground lived experience and uh, reality and that that world is much more manifest in and concrete in this area that is the refi regenerative finance the way that we're using this web3 stack you know built on blockchains and cryptocurrencies and blah 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 lots of really technical stuff but basically how can we use the sim a similar set of principles that digital encourages us as compared to the principles around ecology to design distributed systems that do this including and unleashing of everyone in this, you know, if not permissionless, um, you know, well-defined way that spreads out action and becomes, you know, less vulnerable towards in enclosure, especially. So the long story short on regenerative finance is how do we use, you know, the toolkit of magic internet money to plug into the traditional or degenerative finance space to use capital and allocate resources in a completely different direction towards this regeneration of human civilization, really. Um, 
let our ambitions be lofty. So I've been using liberating structures in the context of in-person events for digital communities, especially. So gathering people together to increase the surface area of participation between folks and to really build the the sort of uh, mycorrhizal, mycelial network of trust between human beings so that we can take that. What's the beauty of Regents Unite and using the writing structures there? So if I haven't been there to this wonderful event hmm. and if folks are thinking about how how does this go, what is this different of an open space or a board camp? How, how, does it, how does it hang? How does it work? Can you give us a little taster, like a little example? Yeah, for sure. So what I would start off with is our motivation. So Regions Unite was really born of the motivation that most conferences really, really suck. And how do we make them be more regenerative in terms of our experience? And what would happen if in trying to make a conference that didn't suck, we leaned all the way in to maximize par both participation and also you know, building the relational field. So what would happen if we just put, you know, building relationships at the first, second, third level of priority and, and do everything in service of that outcome rather than shilling sponsorships, rather than, you know, basically commercializing and extracting value from everybody that participates. What, what happens if we actually reverse that flow and we're trying to create as and enable people to create and be the the most of themselves they can in space. What's your observation with that? What happens when you do that? I mean, just super awesome, good vibes, right? It, it just has this way of like squishiness that really enables people to, to show up and participate. You know, we landed on a set of values and principles that sort of guide our, our way of, of organizing space. You know, first and foremost, we connect, you know, and, Often that means reconnecting in in ways that we've sort of forgotten. We we consider everyone a contributor. So you know, as a guest, be a host. Um, we regenerate. So the the experience is is sort of designed and engineered. Our our goal, our aesthetic, is to make the whole thing as regenerative as possible, and we embrace diversity. So we want to really give folks a surface area to interface with folks that they may not know anything about, you know, especially in the work of regeneration. Like we're all sort of in our own little tiny silos and, you know, regenerating our little island of what we, what we think matters the most. So to give folks a place of interfacing, like, you know, ecologists and agroforesters to plug in with these, you know, regenerative finance nerds have either of these two ever, maybe they've never spoken to one another. And, and, in addition to that, we probably have some like wicked judgments. Like we think the other guy is full of shit or, you know, oh, they're just like X. And so to be able to provide the opportunity for folks to connect and ask each other questions and hear each other's stories and, you know, gain some recognition that we are 
we're all on one big project. And that's the last principle, this idea of cross-pollination, that you know everybody's doing this different, there's different facet of the larger project that is the regeneration of you know human culture. And how can we cross-pollinate and weave those people and projects and relationships together so that we can learn from one another and you know effectively you know have allies to call in the event of, oh shit, I'm confronted with a challenge that might look like this thing. And, oh, hey, lo and behold, I, I actually know a person. I have a relationship with someone who has that um, that skill, that expertise, or you know, understanding of that thing that is totally beyond me, perhaps. So if I go to those kind of events, I learn how to create a relationship to con- reconnect with myself, to reconnect or to connect with others, and I can open up my mind and learn new stuff from people in totally different fields in order to make sense and to test and to see whether those kind of things that they use in their field, I might be able to take over to my field, say sustainability, for example. And I could test there and I could see whether this works. So I have the possibility to get out of my silo really and really kind of connect on a on a deeper level and have that learning effect that that's what i took from your from your description that i find is very much needed um, when we think about climate change when we think about also ways of, of working together in organizations so trying to bring those two elements together uh, again i find this very fascinating You also talked about uh, that you're quite active in in a generative finance movements and in in DAOs. And maybe you can pick an example from there, what you find fascinating, how a practice uh, could could be in this this area. Yeah, so I look at DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations or distributed cooperatives as another way, sort of lens of looking at these things. the simplest way to understand, especially DAOs, is just, you know, imagine a Facebook group that had a shared bank account, right? That that would be kind of like wild. This Facebook group, for lack of a better example, offers some shared interest, some shared purpose, meaning a way of looking at the world, and that shared bank account offer some resources to bootstrap whatever that uh, way of shared looking at the world wants to do. And, you know, you can imagine that that could go every which way that humans might want to organize that could look like a traditional, uh, you know, business hierarchical centralized organization based on rules and and sort of control and, you know, or it could look like a very, uh, you know, digital governancey um, type of democracy. It could also look like the wild, wild west, you know, just a, you know, a, a bunch of hippies, you know, holding hands and, you know, using the relational field to determine how to do things and, you know, adjust course. And so in DAOs, we are basically just trying to experiment with how do we organize and and what are different values and principles we put at the core of that organization and how might those encourage us to try different things in order to accomplish you know what can be very different goals you know most organizations as it stands right now are sort of locked into this capitalist paradigm which you know espouses profit and uh, as its primary motive and 
that is a pretty limited frame of everything in the world. So if we use, oh man, this is hard, but if we use these digital poker chips, we use these these tokens, and we stop thinking about them as money and more as measuring sticks. And, you know, what are the things that we value that we that might like to measure? And how might measuring those things and making that visible enable us to sort of manage and optimize for those values? Um, and that's a really interesting uh, paradigm sort of shift that, that opens up a huge design space to, oh, well, you know, we can, we can maximize for things other than profit. You know, maybe profit is an essential ingredient um, that enables us to bootstrap and continue to focus our attention. Uh, but I, I look at, of course, the super nerdy examples, places like Patagonia, um, that clearly are able to say, yes, profit helps us do stuff. And there's things that are more important than the pursuit of that profit that we would like to do. So that's kind of what we're working on with DAOs in, and specifically in the regenerative finance. You know, like I said, how do we use this magic internet money and the the decentralized finance tools to, you know, try and really, I want to say, unfuck the planet to focus much more on systems change than climate change, really. How does this look like for you when you think about it for yourself, when you're active in this in this community in different DAOs? Um, for folks that are not active in this uh, area, um, could you give a, a precise example, um, a step that you do, a thing that you do, um, to illustrate that a little bit more. Yeah, so I, I focus very much exclusively in this pretty narrow uh, context that is DAOs, DAOs that are focused around regenerative finance, so ecology that have some form of community organization, have some form of relationship with nature, as well as uh, commons um, at the core of their their either their value set or their mission, their purpose. So. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with DAOs that sort of resembles the degenerative, you know, very extract heavy, how do we capture as much value, blah, 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 type of mentality that I don't know anything about so that I can't speak to. But in the Web3 world that is interested in ecology, that is interested in systems change over climate change, I, I would point to Regens Unite. So the organization of these in-person events, these so far we've done several sort of two-day conferences, um, the organization that happens in the framework of a DAO, that this group of people that just has this shared bank account and is trying to accomplish this goal of bringing people together um, in order to build trust and relationship with one another. So that being the case, you know, we're sort of spread out um, over a, a share, a, a, a geography, you know, none of us are, well, only a few of us are in the same city. So we're spread out all over just like you would imagine any Facebook group or random group of people connected by the internet could be. And we use the tooling that is created by decentralized finance um, to raise and manage resources. So in particular, we've been, we've had good luck with this tool uh, that was created by Gitcoin. So Gitcoin does one thing. Number one, they started off trying to create, have to finance open source software development projects, right? Yes. So open source software does a lot of things, may not have a particularly good business model at its core, but things that we consider valuable and may need doing. 
And so what they did is they raised a pool of capital and they make use of this very interesting but super technical tool called quadratic funding that uses people's smaller donations as votes to direct that larger pool of resources, this common pool that they have raised, to distribute over a whole bunch of projects. And to date, I think they have funded something to the tune of like, you know, almost 5,000 projects, if I'm not mistaken, to the tune of $50 million, which sounds like a lot of money, but is, you know, not a lot in the big scheme of things. But that has been where Regions Unite has gotten the resources to organize these events. And we do so making use of this decentralized finance and the, the magic internet money that sort of plugs into these things that gives us the resources to organize and you know, pay ourselves to do this really super awesome, cool work. There are two things that come up for me, and uh, feel free to, to, to go into either one of them. Uh, one thing that I find super interesting is thinking about what kind of, you said, systemic change, structural change is needed, and also what kind of, like say, group, team, organizational change, um, and then also the individual level. So we have different dimensions that are really nicely combined here that I find fascinating. And the second thing that comes up for me is that really here there is digital transformation and ecology is coming together and really coming together in a way that it is productive and helpful and boosting and maybe destructive in a positive way um, to find system change. So those are two thoughts that just popped up when you were talking. Yeah, for sure. So hmm, how to synthesize both of these things together. So, (laughs) So first and foremost, what really comes up is, is this idea around, so systems change. Why do systems need to change? Human generated systems, Um, are still limited by the second law of thermodynamics, right? This idea of entropy, right? The systems that we create, create waste. And by definition, they create disorder. Whereas natural systems, the systems that nature creates, you know, nothing goes to waste. They are negatively entropic. They, they actually create more complexity as time goes on. Um, through a vast and rich um, interweaving of relationships. And so that systems change going from entropic and wasteful creating systems to neg entropic um, creates this sort of upward spiral of surface areas of possibilities and interactions that become richer and richer and richer as time goes on. So that's, I think, when we talk about systems change, whether that be at the smallest scale of me as an individual or at the largest scale of all of our interactions, that's the change that we're trying to figure out. All right, how do we do that? You know, externalizing all of our costs and all of our waste, all of our impact is not really working for us. How do we turn those things into from waste into new surface areas of possibility? We're not just throwing things out because we think we don't recognize the value that's in there or the, especially the cost uh, to the, the, to the environment and to the planet uh, in our, in our behavior. And then the second thing that also sort of pops up there is like you said, this intersection of, of digital and ecology. And I, I'm pretty optimistic about our ability to accomplish that um, 
this systems change, um, this upward spiral, because the value set of digital and the value set of ecology are so overwhelmingly similar. They're not the same, but they are isomorphic in, in nature in, in that they, they, they want what we know about one tells us a lot about the other. And when we figure out the sort of trick of the eye, we can realize that, oh, you know, both, both digital as well as as whatever else we're doing or what else we're, we're observing in nature are sort of metaphors for the vitality expression creation uh, of life. We have talked about liberating structures. We have entered the reflection on ecology and then we have digged deeper and we talked about regions unite and generative finance and also how the digital and ecology for you clings together what element you would like to touch upon that we haven't talked about yet but that you think oh in order to to make this complete this reflection together um we should address this yeah i guess i i, I feel like i should uh, support my hypothesis around the similarity and values right what is it that is happening there and so we talked a little bit about, especially about ecology and the values that are associated with that, especially being this sense of inclusion and the increasing surface area of, of sort of possibilities. And the reason that I, what I observe in digital that shows me a, a lot of overlap there has to do with um, distributed systems. Yes. So, um, if we think about the first industrial revolution, that's when this idea of automation, you know, assembly lines and building machines that make other stuff sort of popped up, industrialization. And then the second industrial revolution being around this idea of management that, oh, okay, with this industrialization, then we need to control the inputs, outputs, and how things work. And we, you know, the managerial class was created. And then the third industrial revolution being the creation of these digital technologies, the creation of computation, the creation of networks. And the fourth industrial revolution that we're, is sort of upon us is actually the integration of digital values in the way that we operate. So where management was the integration of uh, industrialized values in the way that we operate. Um, the fourth industrial revolution is really like, oh, so digital, um, so far we've just been slotting digital into this management mindset and worldview. And sure, that gets you something, but that doesn't get you everything you could imagine becomes possible when you when you discover how digital wants us to plug things in right this idea that data wants to be free that um, connection is really high value that network effects are are where the action is uh, this sort of encourages us like automatically you start everybody who's touched digital from the dawning of it has sort of visions of this totally different way of operating in the world that they can imagine but has not yet come to pass so i see web3 as our best yet opportunity and web3 being you know how do we use cryptography and blockchain technologies in order to create um, vast 
new networks of interoperability. We get the same type of sense of, oh yes, inclusion is really possible. If I, if I am sort of sovereign and I own my data and, you know, what I can say is Web3 gives me real hope that ah, there's a new playing field sort of emerging that is also not really um, completely beholden or captured by uh, the capitalist machinery that where we can experiment uh, with these new ways of organizing and being and coordinating that gives us the opportunity to sort of make good on the integration of these digital values that very much, like I said, echo and overlap to a significant degree with the values of ecology. And we're seeing a lot of synergy here. The whole world of regenerative finance is based on the connection of these two things together. Like, oh, what happens when we can create digital tooling that that enables ecologists, that creates new marketplaces for biodiversity, that, and that enables us to literally value and direct resources towards these different states, ways of being, and environments. When you think about uh, this conversation, what is, what is your takeaway from, from the conversation I've been playing around. I'm a millennial. I'm an elder millennial. I was born in 1982. And I have a feel for digital that's just sort of in my bones, um, having grown up with it in some way. When I think about ecology, I have much less of a relationship. I, I grew up in the woods around Seattle. Um, and that is that gives me some connection to nature. But I, it certainly hasn't been the focus of my attention in my adult life. While digital is sort of like really in my bones, ecology is a much more nascent area of growth for me. And so what really jumps out at me in this conversation is, ah, yeah, I want to spend much more time and energy really getting my hands in the dirt and relating with the with Earth um, in a much more significant way. I just took away from this very rich conversation to to think more about and to flesh more about flesh out more about the the overlap of the values that you have talked about of the values of the digital and the values of ecology and to see how to make this practical and how to use this for teams how to use this for DAOs, how to use this for organization how to make this valuable um, in a, in a practical way this I found very fascinating and gave me lots of Lots of food for thought. Um, thank you very much for this. And also, thank you very much for, for joining the, the show today. It was, it was a, a pleasure. Um, if people like to know more about you and your work, where can they find you? Um, for sure. Uh, I am personally at Gospel of Change Everywhere. Just one word, Gospel of Change. Um, I hang out with these nerds at Regens Unite. That's Regens as in regeneration, multiples. Um, unite, like Unite. Uh, .earth is the website, and you can find us on YouTube and Twitter especially. Um, there's an interesting space. If you really want to come hang out with me and Or, or, and run around the wild parts of the internet, then you can find me at uh, linktree, linktr.ee, 
What a horrible thing to say out loud, actually. Slash Gospel of Change. But if you go to Linktree slash Gospel of Change, you can find all different ways to come hang out and connect with me. Excellent. We make sure to also put this into the show notes that you can access this and connect uh, with uh, Jeremy. And thank you very much, Jeremy, for being on the show. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. And if you like what you heard, tell me about it. And uh, also recommend the show to your colleagues and friends. And thank you very much uh, for this episode today.